Now, this week of Guys Talking Sports, we're going to be talking about the NBA, um, the NBA Summer League, how things going with that, the major leagues, the new kid on the block, Aaron Judge. Um, and also, we're going to talk about Conor McGregor and Floyd Money Mayweather. Is it exhibition? Is it about the money? Or is it about taxes? another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Well, this week we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit of summer league action. How's everything going out? Um, this week going on right now, the uh, major leagues, the um, all-star game, and the amazing home run derby last night. And also a little bit of the um, Floyd with the Conor McGregor action and their first press conference uh, that happened today. So um, I'm just going to get right into it. I have my boy Al, Al on the line. Al, say what's up. Hey, what's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing out there? And our boy Adrian, he's uh he's uh I guess running a little late. <laughs> so if he gets on, we'll get him on. So ah, we're gonna jump right into it. So uh uh Summer League. Um this has been pretty much probably one of the more interesting or anticipated summer leagues, really since probably LeBron James came into the league. Um obviously there's some headliners and the one person making all the headlines, of course, is Lonzo Ball. So I'm not sure if you're watching the game, so um what, is your, what has been your take on the summer league plays thus far? Well, to be honest, um, I I've only seen a couple of games. Um, the ones that I've really been watching, of course, because me being a Brooklyn Nets person, so I've been watching the Brooklyn Nets play their summer league. Um, and I also caught some of the other games, like um, some of the games like the Boston um, played with as well. The person that really caught my eye, to be honest, and I really didn't expect it, was um, the Celtics pick, um, um, Jason Tatum. I think he is really uh, – he, he's ready now. He's NBA ready now. Um, he's the most NBA ready now that I've seen out of this summer league so far. Uh, him and Jalen Brown, like I said before, is going to be the future of the Boston Celtics. I, I really believe that they're going to be a tandem if they stay together, if Boston doesn't do anything – you know, stupid enough to, to get rid of one of them. They're going to be the, the actual future of their Boston Celtics. And I really think that they could take it to the next level if given the right push. Um, I've been very impressed with Jason Tatum as a, um, with Tatum so far. Uh, I really believe he's a, 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 a good player. Um, and he's, I think he's not even reached the peak of his, his, his greatness at this point. Um, other than that, I, Lonzo Ball, to me, I really don't want to get into it. He's been average so far. Um, even though he averaged a triple-double in um, the last game that he played in, um, I still think that he's just right now going through the motions. Um, from what I've been hearing, I've been hearing that <clears throat> the first game where he didn't do so well, um, they didn't, the Lakers didn't, I guess the players, um, that was playing in the summer league didn't want to be give that too much attention to Lonzo Ball, so they started doing their own things. And I think Magic Johnson um, rumors uh, that Magic Johnson said the next game they want the, the attention to be focused and the offense to run through Lonzo Ball. So that if that is true, there's always going to be some. There's already going to be some resentment. There may be some resentment within the Lakers organization itself about the attention that Lonzo Ball is getting. And if that is true, there is going to be some problems 
down the road for the NBA season. But other than that, I, you know, I think the summer league is just doing what it's supposed to be doing at this time. Yeah, I mean, the summer league play usually, I mean, you know, you're going to have, you know, of course your draft picks in there if they're playing, um, you know, playing, but most of the people playing on there are not going to be an NBA team. So I usually don't hold too much stock into it unless someone is playing terrible. I mean, really ass, but I think same thing for me. Josh Tatum for the Boston Celtics has definitely been playing good. DeAndre Fox for the Kings. Um, he's been doing really good. Um, I think a lot of people were anticipating that match between him and Lonzo Ball, whether or not Magic decided to sit him down. He said he had a groin injury, which he was, you know, possible groin injury or something else, maybe fatigue. I don't know, but he didn't play that game against DeAndre Fox, but Josh Jackson has definitely been putting up some points um, for the Suns. So it looks like the probably the top five and six players so far have been, you know, you know, living up to snuff. But I can't say enough about the good old Sixers, and they must have some kind of curse because <laughs> folks sprained his ankle. Now, I don't think it's going to be that serious enough. I mean, it's not a high ankle sprain, so that's a good thing. I mean, it's a, I saw him roll it a little bit. Um, he should be okay by training camp or at least at the, you know, by the time the season starts. So I think, you know, they shut him down for the rest of the summer league, which is, which was expected. So we probably won't see him playing any kind of meaningful games until, until preseason or, or, you know, opening night. So, but I think, um, of course, you know, Alonzo Ball, I I agree. He's going to definitely have a target on his back. I mean, you know, I wish that the people would take the mic away from his dad because I think he just feeds off of the, you know, off of the controversy. I mean, the more stuff that happens, the more he talks. So I think if you just take the mic away from him and make him a non-factor, then, you know, you can focus on the game. Because I like Lonzo Ball. I think he's good. I think I still didn't see enough from him in UCLA. It was just a body of work up what, 30-plus games, and then he had a very bad showing, you know, you know, during the um, it's, uh, tourney. But um, so far, all the teams look good. I think um, if you're, like, the GMs right now who are picking over between one to six, I think you're smiling right about now. Um, but I haven't seen anybody really break out. But definitely, I think Jason Tatum is probably a steal. I mean, they got the guy that they probably really wanted, moving back to the third pick and getting some additional draft picks from the Sixers, which they're probably going to use in the future to either pick somebody up or use it for trade bait to bring in some um, additional talent. So if I'm Danny Ainge right now, I would be smiling because <laughs> it looks like your process <laughs> is working at the moment. No, I, I completely agree with that. I, I, when, I mean, for him to do what he did – and then to end up going back and getting Gordon Haywood and free agency, like right now, they're built for the future. Like, I can't knock what Danny Age is doing. And to be honest, anything that he does at this point to me, even if it's a long-term investment, he's done – I mean, let's think about it. People was criticizing him because he didn't make the trade for um, Jimmy Butler at the time or Paul George during the trade deadline. And – they said, you know, he waited, he waited too long. But then, and then, you know, with then what happened in free agency, Gordon Haywood comes to him 
you know, from free agency without a problem at all. He get a player that he need another superstar and still keep the draft picks that he had to begin with. So I, I, I can't knock with anything that he has done to this point. Um, and he's getting now, uh, uh, he's actually getting those superstars. Uh, uh, listen, like free agency is going to be, you know, the next year free agency comes around, whoever is going to be one of those top superstars are going to look at Boston with all the, 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 the value that they have, the draft picks and the superstars. And the superstars that they're drafting are turning out to be good players as well and steals in the draft. So it, Danny Ainge is definitely doing a, a good thing um, with what he – I trust Danny Ainge now because of what he is doing. I mean, he's making a believer out of people that criticize so, but I do want to get back <clears throat> real quick to the um, Lonzo Ball situation um, because I it, it don't know, I, I forgot about this, but the issue that um, LeVar Ball is having with Joel Embiid and, you know, Joel Embiid getting fined from the NBA about his criticism on LeVar Ball. He got fined for that? $10,000. Why? Uh, because he used profanity in his response. Um, he said, um, I think LeVar Ball said something about his vocabulary and um, Joel B said F that um, in a response to LeVar Ball. And he got fined by the NBA 10 grand for his use of profanity. Uh, now, uh, maybe the use of profanity wasn't, you know, the right thing to do. But I have a feeling that this is just going to be the tip of the iceberg. And this is only summer league with LeVar Ball. Like, I really believe that there is going to be a problem, a huge problem. And if they don't get this under, situ- under control, it's going, to, it's going to affect his son a lot, a lot more than what people, you know, tend to realize. Because – when you start going back and forth with players, it's going to eventually affect. It's going to eventually affect it one way or another, and I think they really need to do something in regards to it. And it still puzzles me the fact why media is going to Levar Ball to get a response. But I do. Um, I was listening to the NBA radio um, this week, and for what I heard from about because it was like on um, one of the people that's at the summer league were saying that, look, I'm, you know, I'm in the stadium watching the games and stuff like that. And it seems as though that every time the Lakers play soon after the game was over, like majority of the media were rushed to LeVar ball to see what he's going to say. And the guy was saying that I forgot who it was, but he was saying I was puzzled by this because there's so many people, media rushing this, they get a response from LeVar ball. But then he said, but the thing about it is, is that the media is he's, they're playing into LeVar Ball's hands because now the media is trying to get anything that LeVar says, hoping that it'll help them out as far as the media outlet. So because it's what the people want. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, controversy sells. And right now, I think the NBA is probably having its second best um, offseason outside of last year when, of course, Kevin Durant jumped ship and went to um, Golden State and everybody was talking about that. Now you have Lamar Ball, who's 
controversy in his own, making all these outlandish statements, getting the media attention, you know, to um, look at him. And for the NBA, the NBA kind of likes it because it's still bringing much more attention to them. In about three weeks, they're about to go to the wayside because once, you know, pre, you know, camp start with NFL, they're going to get put to the back burner. But right now, LeVar Ball is, you know, he's, I'm going to say box office, but he sells, controversy sells. He talks and people listen. His son is going to be the one that's going to have to catch catch it on the court. And I do agree. I think that um, we'll see if the if the son is built like that. I mean, um, if I was, you know, on the place in NBA, whether it's going to be DeAndre Fox, it's going to be Joel Embiid, let your talking on the court do it. And, you know, we used to play. When you want to get at somebody, you just came at them on the court. And let let the play be the thing that, you know, that silence the dad because the dad's going to keep talking regardless. But if you put it on his son, what is he going to say? So if you want to silence the dad, you got, you got to take it to him. Now, another note, I do believe that Magic Johnson, if you start seeing that LeVar, you know, LeVar's comments are being detrimental not only to his son but to Lakers organization, it's probably going to have to tell him to chill and knock it off. But right now, I don't see that occurring because it's going to bring – he's going to bring people to the stands that haven't been in a Lakers you – know, in Lakers stands consistently in a very long time. So, of course, LeVar is going to get up and say, oh, that's contributed to him or his son. But, no, it's contributed to you. No, I agree with that. And I, to be honest, I just don't see anybody at this stage of the game that's going to – change what LeVar Ball does. I mean... Except one person. Lonzo. No. The person that cuts the checks. Jeannie Buss. I, I still don't see it. I'm going to be honest with you. I I mean, the only... Because even if... Let's say, for example, let's, let's, let's say, for example, that Jeannie Buss says, you know what? You know, I had it up to here with this. Um, you either... You know, have your, you know, if if your father doesn't do anything, you know, if your father doesn't take a step back or whatever the case may be, we're going to may have to do something like maybe trade you or something like that. I could see LeVar Ball going ballistic all over the place, um, saying, talking to whoever media that wants to talk to him because he's he's not the person that's getting the check. So if he's not the person that gets the check, I don't really think he cares to be. I'm, a, I'm not saying that he may or may not. I'm just saying I don't think it matters to him what happens at this point. I mean, he got his door. He his, The foot is in the door opportunity for him. So he's already got media's attention. I mean, he's already done everything he can to, to promote his brand. He's already put out a sneaker for his son. And if it's not Lonzo, it's going to be his one of his other sons. So I think that this is going to be – I don't know if anybody can control him outside of his family. And if his family is letting him go away, you know, continue on with this, they, I mean, I think they would have stopped it a long time ago if that was the case. Well, I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, get the magic or genie can, you know, make him stop talking because he's going to talk regardless. I totally agree. Okay. Now, they may be able to kind of tell him just to kind of, you know, tone it down or tamp down the comments because it – your comments are making it difficult for his son, who is now an employee of the Los Angeles Lakers, 
their product, if your talking is affecting the product on the court, then I can definitely see Magic and Genie saying, hey, look, just maintain to be quiet, just tone it down a little bit or not say as much. And I can definitely see them saying that because you're right, he's got his foot in the door. He got to sum with the Lakers where he wants. But if it becomes much more of a problem, you know, than an asset to them, who knows? They could cut ties or he could make it where he sours the milk for his sons because now other GMs and owners are going to be like, if the Lakers are dealing with this with him, why do I want to bring this to my team? So we'll have to see. I, my opinion, I think the cameras and me, they're going to stick the cameras, you know, the mics in his face. But I think once NBA starts, I think he'll be not as vocal in the beginning, but as soon as the sun starts playing like the next thing coming, then you can't, you won't be able to shut him up at all. Yeah. But the key thing is, is that Lonzo has to show and prove. And that's what the world is going to watch, regardless of what LeVar Ball says, because players are taking notice, like we said before. And at the end of the day, you know, if LeVar, if, if, I mean, if Lonzo doesn't show and prove with the Lakers, that's going to be the right in, in itself. So you, you're right. We'll definitely see what's going to happen come, pre, come summer camp. I mean, not come summer camp, but come preseason and NBA season. Um, we'll see how all this develops. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's playing, you know, it's point, point guard heavy or guard heavy in his league, and he's going to have no nights off um, um, lines of ball playing the point guard. So, you know, Russell Westbrook, coming at him. CP3, coming at him. You know, Curry, everybody coming at him. So, he, he's going he's gonna to have to, you know, he's going to have to put up. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um Oh, one more thing. I forgot. There is one more person that I forgot that I need to say is doing – I'm still amazed at this. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. from from Dallas is playing exceptionally well. Mm. And the reason why I'm saying this is because the fact that they, Dallas got him where they got him, um, where there were so many teams that could have used a point guard, a la New York Knicks. Um, <laughs> And he is playing exceptionally well in the summer league. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not amazed, but I'm just a little bit shocked the fact that you know um, he's doing this while you know he could have, she should have been taken at a higher pick. That's my opinion. I mean, I mean, he should have been either between Fox and him. That should have been like a one-two. If Fox got dealt, I mean, got the pick, Smith should have been right behind him. Yeah, I think that um, you know, you know, he has been doing good, and I think that there's always those those um gems that kind of slip down that people don't perceive or think that they're good. But like I said, that's what happens when you have you know your first eleven to twelve picks all all um, freshmen. Sure. Because all you're seeing is what all you're seeing is a all you're seeing is a small sample size of what there is. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. In reality, you're still picking you're still picking kids out of high school. You just there, you're just taking them, you know, with a couple of games, college game of the league, they're built. In actuality, all of them are, in my opinion, are really right out of high school. So, but since you actually talked about the Knicks, <laughs> I didn't mean to, but you know, since we're going to go to the next topic, um, um, a GM spot is still vacant for the New York Knicks, and um, Griffin, 
the <laughs> former GM from the Cavaliers told them thanks, but no thanks. Chauncey Billups told the Cavaliers thanks, but no thanks because they tried to lowball him. So what is your opinion about these um, opening GM jobs that have not get that have not gotten filled yet? Well, I will say I <clears throat> I, in my opinion, I believe that the Cavaliers job is definitely much more um, intriguing than the New York Knicks job at this time. Um, as far as as far as Chauncey Billups is concerned, you know, Ty Lue, Tyron Lue loved, would would have loved. He said he would have loved to have him on it on as the president of operations. But again, both of the both teams have an ownership that is just not not really invested in the winning culture, so to speak. I mean, I'm still puzzled the fact that um, the former GM from the Cavaliers was let go without, you know, Dan Gilbert or... Griffin. 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 I'm still shocked at that. Um, I really thought that, you know, he has the, the pool to pretty much convince any free agent to come. And yet he is still looking for a position. Um, to be honest, I would have thought that Griffin would have land either. I didn't think he was going to land a Nick job. I, 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 because Dolan doesn't want to give up that, 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 that whole title. And that's just the, the function of where we are right now in this. Um, more so the Knicks than, the, than Cleveland, because as long as Cleveland has LeBron, it's not really a, a, you know, I don't think it's really of a bad issue, but the Knicks, I, it's amazing because Anytime that you try to bring in somebody, the problem is is that they don't get the total control that they're looking for to turn the team around. And when you have an owner like Dolan there who wants to remain, keep his buddies in the in the front office, it becomes a detriment because, you know, when you're looking to upgrade, even in the front office, you got all these people that's still there that need to be gone. Like Steve Mills should have been gone in my opinion. Um, the fact that you still keep in him, you still love Allen Houston, not to take away from what Houston's done, but it's just that you need a complete overhaul. And for you to get the Knicks on the right ship, it needs to be overhauled. And that's the issue right now. And with ownership being the way that it is, they don't want to give up that. They don't want to be completely invested in to rebuilding the teams that they have. Both Griff, I mean, both um, Dolan and, um, Gilbert, um, they need to be invested into whoever they bring in. They need to be to give them total control of the of of the management. I mean, it's just and just sit back and let them do it. Um, Dolan did with Phil Jackson. Unfortunately, Phil Jackson wasn't the right person for that job. I'm sorry. Um, so as long as he goes back and gives the next person the freedom, like he gave Phil Jackson, I think that the Knicks will be able to turn it around. It's just finding that person that's willing to you have to find that right person and you have to relinquish that type of control. So Yeah, and that was the, the issue I heard with um, Griffin is that, you know, they couldn't agree on a position. I think he wanted to run the show and of course Dolan was gonna definitely have a say. He writes the checks, so he's gonna have some say. So like you said, Smith was still in there and he wasn't gonna, you know, he was doing president, GM slash kind of role right now. So I think Griff, Griffin said if I'm coming in I got to call all the shots and they couldn't agree upon that. So, but I agree with you. I think the Knicks is a reclamation project. 
it would be, like I said last week, it's going to be quite funny if you sit there and fire Phil Jackson for the idea of buying out and trading and trading um, Carmelo Anthony. And now that talk about trading is still on the table very hot. So I, I think there was some other reasons that Phil Jackson got let go because you, as, as it is right now, like you said, you got to rebuild. Now, signing Tim Harvey to all that money in a contract, I don't think was the best step in the right direction. However, I think if you if Griffin would have gotten there, I think that would have been positive signs that it looks like the Knicks may in the future start trending towards the right direction. But like you said, Knicks stolen. Cavs, Gilbert, and to a certain degree, LeBron James. And LeBron James still runs as a pseudo, in my opinion, GM and a and a co-coach with Tyron Lue. So um, I don't know. I think both of those jobs are going to be pressure jobs. I think the Knicks are going to be much more pressured than the Cavs will because you're in New York and you got all the attention on you. But I don't see Dolan relinquishing that much control to anybody that's out there right now. I mean, who's out there credible that can come in there and be like, I got to have complete autonomy. I'll tell you what needs to happen. You just cut the checks. I don't see anybody out there. But the thing about it is, is that Dolan, <laughs> Dolan is not going to do anything unless there was some type of results. And what's crazy about it is, is that unfortunately, and this is for Knicks fans, as long as you're still going to the games and supporting the mediocrity that you have all these years, it's all why Dolan should, why would Dolan do anything to change that? Like, you're you're still selling out. You have like they have losing seasons, but yet the Master Square Garden still sells out. Like, it's 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 mind boggling sometimes because Matt, a lot of fans complain and complain about what the Knicks are doing, but yet you guys don't take a stand. Is y'all still will go to support the games? Y'all still go and support the Knicks no matter what. So when there's losing season after losing season, you still I mean you're still getting sold out. And Dolan is looking at it as, you know, why should I stop now when you still come into the games no matter what happens? So he's not going to change anything. There's not going to be dramatic changes um, until, unfortunately, y'all are going to have to stop going to games. Like, and I say this because I know for a fact that Knicks fans is not going to do that. They're going to support no matter what. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is that, you know, some things need to happen in order for you guys to be happy with your results. And you're going to continue to complain about the results, you know, until Jim Dolan either goes. And a lot of people are saying that Jim Dolan needs to go. Jim Dolan needs to go. Why would Jim Dolan go anywhere when he's making money? Y'all coming to the games anyway. So. Yeah. Not only does he own the Knicks, he owns the Garden. So he's not going anywhere. I mean, if you're going to hit him and make him any kind of thing, you protest outside of the Garden and you hit him in a wallet. That's where he'll decide. But as of right now, I totally agree. He has he has no reason to change to change anything he's doing at at the moment because as of right now, people are still going to come to the games the same way that George Steinbrenner, the late George Steinbrenner had no reason to change anything the way he was doing stuff because people still come to see a Yankees game. Now, it took his uh, timely passing and his sons 
actually going back to the way they got things going, you know, for the, the Yankees to now kind of look like themselves again. But still, like you said, don't, he has no reason to go anywhere until you hit him in the pocket. And from there, I guess we can segue to baseball. Our baseball aficionado, Adrian, is not here today. But um, but I want to get too deep into the um, all the baseball. But I will want to talk about um, the young boy, Aaron Judge, from the, from the Yankees, who it looks like the major leagues are going to try to position him, or at least the commissioner, Manfred, sits as such. He might be the new face of major leagues. And so after winning the home run derby and crushing it with some long 500-plus feet balls, he looks positioned like he's going to be the next – he's going to be the next Jeter to be the one to be that face of the league. So what are your feelings about that? To be honest, Major League Baseball needs it. Um, I mean, not saying that they didn't have it in some of the faces that um, they have already, but I really believe that – and to be honest, not Major League, but more importantly, New York Yankees, they needed a face. They needed another face to replace um, the, the four uh, with Jeter, um, Mariano, um, and I even, you know, the other two. And I would even say there's no one else other than, you know, like you, you have these names, homegrown names. And you can even throw, quote unquote, A-Rod into the mix because he was a name factor that Yankees knew. Um, Aaron Judge is definitely something that um, Yankees fans have been wanting because now you have a, a star in the making. And once – I mean, they could, they could do something with this. And Aaron Judge is, is, is a beast. I mean, he is a beast. And if the Yankees promote this right, this is their future for years to come. And – I think, like you said, he can. He has the potential to be the next Jeter as far as longevity is concerned. Not saying anything else, but I'm talking about as far as longevity is concerned with the Yankees. The Yankees fans are, have been yearning for someone like that. So I really think that, you know, he has the potential to, to be the face, like you said, not just the face of Yankees, but the face of Major League Baseball in its entirety. Yeah, I think that once um, I think once once Jeter retired, it was like you know, you know, where's that identity going to be? I mean, quote unquote, the captain, you know, basically retired not from the Yankees but from all of baseball. So it was that void to fill. And you had a couple of you know people that came you know came across, you know, Bryce Harper, you know, Bumgarner, and a couple of others that have all been there, but have been playing in those markets where you can really sell now. He's having a phenomenal start. I mean, leading the league at home runs. And I mean, the boy is what, 6'8, I mean, 6'8, 250, I think, or somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. And he's a beast. And I mean, I mean, New York Yankees, it seems like that team always finds those particular players. Now, it's still too early to tell. Is this, is this rookie year? Injuries could derail it. You know, a bad scandal could have derailed everything. But right now, I mean, he's definitely trending towards really – I think it's too early to tell whether he could be the face of the league. But if he's continues in the path he's going right now, I can definitely see not only New York Yankees, but Major League saying, this is our guy. I mean, he already got, you know, a space in the, in the Yankee Stadium where it's an all right. So when Aaron Judge gets to the plate, this would be an home run. So – 
he's he's definitely had the star charisma. I mean, he's you know he's definitely you know well spoken as he would say in a ratio which I didn't know. And one thing I think that the major leagues is it's not going to come up right now, but it's probably going to come up in a little bit. Is that you have a lot of Latino players that are just as good and are not going to get that major league push, but yet someone who's non-Latino who's going to get that push. It hasn't came up yet, but now that you have the commissioner coming out basically saying, we want this kid hopefully to be the face of the league, that's definitely going to sour some people's, um, some people's milks, and I'm pretty sure you're going to start hearing those grumblings if they really start pushing that way, which I think you get the media market in New York, they're going to do it. So I think that's a potential issue that will come down the road depending on how his career goes. Look at you forecasting right now. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but I can see it, though. I mean, you know, but you know, he's good for the sport. You know, he, he's a likable guy. I mean, you know, I'll – I'm not a I'm not a quote unquote Yankees fan. Our Yankees fan is not here, so he could definitely speak more to it. But kid's a beast. I mean, he came right up from the farm system. You know, the same way that you know Jeter, you know, and the rest of the kids came up when they won like five, you know, five World Series. They got a lot of good kids. Now they're in the slump right now, so I think hopefully they'll kind of get out of it. But I think I think they definitely want to put the put the crown on this kid. You know sooner than later. Definitely. I, I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. Yeah, so switching ahead way, so of course that boxing exhibition is going to be coming up in August. Now, I don't know if you saw the Pacquiao and Horn fight that was um, two, week, two weeks ago, but um, I was surprised that Pacquiao lost that fight to Horn. Now, when I was watching the fight, it looked like I could see a split decision going to Pacquiao but a unanimous, uh, unanimous decision going to Horn, I think, surprised everybody. But, you know, what they say, the aggressor, the aggressor always was going to win a close fight. So with that being said, and, of course, you have the Floyd Mayweather and, you know, Conor McGregor flight coming down the pipeline. Now we're hearing all this stuff about Floyd O's taxes from 2015, which why he might be doing the fight. What is your opinion about the fights coming up in the near future? Uh entertainment purposes at this point. Um, I'm very curious to see what the outcome is going to be. Uh, it's really just, it's really hype at this, at this juncture, but I'm looking forward to it because, you know, you got two different backgrounds coming together to, for an exhibition match. And, you know, even though we all know Floyd May Mayweather is who he is and we know who Conor McGregor is. So, I mean, I really want to see if it's going to be serious or is it going to be strictly entertainment. Um, their press conference that just happened where um, Floyd was serious throughout the whole time and Conor McGregor, all I could see was just talk. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it, you know, it'd be very interesting to see if this would be very serious. Like, I, re I really want to see two people come out and just go serious at this to, to, to stake their claim. Um, to say that Con to, to, for Connor to prove that, you know, he can do it. And for Floyd Moneyweather to say, you know what, I could beat with, the, I could do the, I'm the best at this. So I'm just very curious to see what happens. To be honest, I'm not even, 
all that with the press and with all the hype. I just want to see them go at it at this point. Yeah, I I, I definitely think it's um, – I was shocked. I mean, you know, I never really thought that this fight would actually happen. And then when it did, I was even more surprised that, you know, that he was fighting because, I mean, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather has – really nothing to gain from this fight outside of, you know, minimum $200 million he might go in the pocket if he's going to keep all that, if the IRS going to take their, their cut that night. Who knows? But, um, you know, he has nothing to gain but everything to lose, in my opinion. Conor McGregor has everything to gain and nothing to lose because no one really expects him, a UFC fighter, to really be competitive against, you know, Floyd Mayweather. If he wins it's going to be an elevation to him. I don't think he's going to come into the – he's going to switch over to boxing because there's too many beasts out there that have you know, rock his world. But he can take that win, and it will be bigger for the UFC because then they can say, hey, we told you we're just more than just martial arts. We can compete against these boxers. And I think it's going to be, you know, I won't say a black guy, but it's definitely going to be a mark against the boxing brand if Conor McGregor, you know, fights and wins. Now, from what I'm hearing, a lot of boxers aren't too happy that Floyd's even taking this fight anyway. They think it's a joke and a big insult. And me personally, I think it is. I think that neither one of them has any business being each other rings unless they were actually serious about it. But, you know, I agree. It's all entertainment purposes. I think that... um I think at the end of the day, my opinion is that Floyd will probably win the fight. He'll probably go the distance, and he'll probably just, you know, tap, you know, box him out. But I bring up the Pacquiao fight to say this is that don't let him linger around. Don't sleep on him because if you let him be the aggressor the entire fight, even if he's not really catching you, if you let him be the aggressor the entire fight, he it might wind up being a bad night for you. I completely agree with that. But I also, I mean, <laughs> I know this is, you know, if they get serious, that's one thing. But I could also see something weird happening. Like, let's say, for example, I could see, like, 11th round where Conor McGregor accidentally, you know, is while he's punching, accidentally knees him and goes UFC, causing a disqualification. <laughs> Like, I see something like that happening where it'll set up another, you know, Mayweather, McGregor 2 or something like that. I, it, 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 I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I don't want that. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't happen. But I could see money purposes why they, they can drag this out, you know, a little bit longer and start doing sequels and, you know, best two out of three and all this stuff, you know, so... I'm just saying this is still entertainment purposes. Like, unless they're really serious and I, the, the sky's the limit with what the outcome can be. That's all I can say about it. Yeah, I guess, you know, you know, we're all going to see. I'm like, um, uh, like I said, exhibition and I guess it's a payday. I mean, you know, you know, Floyd owes 22 mil in taxes. So, I guess he needs that fight to help cover that, which I'm surprised because I think he has that money. But I, why don't he just pay it up? I don't know. But that's a whole different story for another conversation. Yes. Even I, I still think that um, this is this is exhibition. I think Floyd should win, 
but I wouldn't take this kid seriously. If I'm Floyd, he, he hasn't knocked anybody out in over 10 years, so I don't think he's going to knock McGregor out. But if you're going to beat him, you know, beat him and make him look bad so it's a deterrent for anybody else in the UFC that thinks they want to hop in the ring and challenge somebody. If you fight and you win, but you win a controversial win or you look bad in that win, it's going to embolden other UFC fighters to want to hop in the ring. Now, I don't think anybody's going to get that kind of payday like McGregor's got, but trust me, it's I'm Floyd. Take it seriously. Take his ass. Collect your money. Go on, drive your Bugatti wherever you want to go and call it a day. But don't let it, but don't take them lightly. No, I agree with that. I, I I completely agree with that. And I'm just, right now, I'm just waiting for it to happen to see what is going to happen. So, Yeah, I won't pay $100 for that fight. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, and I guess we're going to be soon running out of time. But one last thing I saw in the news that um, it looks like Venus Williams crash, um, or actually she was in, which caused the fatality wasn't you know she wasn't technically in the wrong um the florida police said that she was legally in the right when she went to intersection when a car hit her so um i know we don't really touch on tennis too much but i'm not sure if you caught that but what are your feelings about the whole thing with venus williams and the fatality and in the civil suit that's coming along with that um in a nutshell it's definitely tragic when you um when a person loses his life uh, especially in something like that and I, I know for a fact that Venus is, well, I'm not going to say I know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure Venus is upset about this to the T. Um, I don't see her fighting the silver suit. I don't see a reason why when you admit it to, you know, what happened. So I just see the, or just see her quietly settling the civil suit and trying to move on because I'm pretty sure that this is something that's affecting not just, you know, it's affecting her, of course, but now you're, you're talking about family member where they, uh, someone lost their life. So um, if I'm her, I'm, I'm just settling this as quickly as possible and trying to move on. And I, first of all, express my, my condolences to the family that lost their life because, you know, you never want something like that to happen. And hopefully both parties can move on with this. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, you know, it's definitely tragic. You know, someone lost their life, irregardless of who was in the right or the wrong. Um, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that Venus is probably going to, whatever the outcome is, whether, you know, she hasn't been charged with anything and doesn't appear that the cops are going to charge her once they came out and said that she was in the wrong. So I definitely think that, um, I don't think she's going to fight it. I think it was a civil suit. I think they'll probably come to some kind of amicable agreement, which I think will be taken you know, offline, out of front of everybody, you know. Like I said, definitely tragic for the family. Um, and, you know, our hearts go out. But I think that, um, you know, hopefully everybody's moving forward is okay. You know, the family, of course, they lost, you know, a family member. So, you know, they're going to have that to deal with. Then Venus Williams, we'll see what happens with her career moving forward. But I totally agree with you. She's not going to fight it. I think she's going to just probably just do whatever it needs to help the family out and quietly settle this, you know, the suit what needs to be. <clears throat> Excuse me. Voice kind of going chippy there for a second. 
All right, well, guys, that is coming up on our time. Um, pretty soon you're going to be hearing us. We're going to have some new sponsors or sponsors in the future. So um, definitely be on the, um, you know, the, you know, the outlook for that. But um, coming down to the pipeline, Al, do you want to say, anybody, say anything to your fans? Where can they find you? Where they where they can reach you? Um, well, uh, right now you can find me on Twitter. Um, actually, you can do this. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook uh, under the handle I am Al Qualls. Um, you can find me on Facebook on Al Qualls. Um, also, you can start finding me on a couple of other different pieces now, um, especially on rotodan.com, um, where I'm probably going to be writing a couple of pieces for them as well. So be on the lookout. Um, also, uh, just, just you know, any questions that you may have, please feel free to respond. Um, right now, I'm just, I'm, I, I, I appreciate um, all the, the Twitter talk that's been going back and forth, all those that's been yelling at me and just in my comments. Uh, I really do appreciate those as well. I uh, truly love the fans. I truly love the Twitter followers because they're so um, engaged. So I really do appreciate it. Uh, I, I second that, second that um, comment as well. And you can reach me on the gram, uh, Snapchat, and um, Twitter at J-E-R-O-S-S-7 at. Um, and like I said, you know, Please subscribe, you know, we, you know, all the feedback, any topics that you want to, you know, talk about, definitely be appreciated. And if you want to keep getting that out, <laughs> go for it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as always, we want to thank everybody for, you know, coming out and listening and, you know, listening to the podcast. And as always, you know, stay sharp, stay on point. And we will see you next week, next time. Take care, people. Hey.